children that Lord you would pour afresh your breath your fresh breath from heaven today that Lord you would open up and it would rain down and it would pour upon your church that Lord you would breathe fresh zeal into our hearts fresh fire and fresh energy upon your weary and tired church we have been through a tiresome season church and we say that Lord today we're believing for a shift to take place in Jesus name revive these bones and all of God's people said Amen Amen Amen. come on you can take your seats and just another special welcome to everyone that is joining us online we love you And, uh, you know, I hope you're ready. You're ready in the building. Are you ready who are watching? Because I do have a word for you that I have been carrying for some weeks now. I think just before we started the identity campaign, which we have been in, if you're just tuning in or if you've just turned up for the first time, we've been in this theme called identity. And for a few weeks, I've just been desperate to get this out of me. Not because I'm excited to get it out to share with you, but I was desperate to get it off me because I thought that if I waited too long, I would bail out of preaching this message. And so I was like, Lord, I don't want any more temptation of not being able to live by this message. So if I can hurry up and tell the people, I can carry on. But you know, Mike kept getting downloads from God about messages he wanted to preach. So I had to keep waiting, but it was a good thing because the Lord was just giving me an opportunity to live with this message a little bit longer. And so I haven't written this message, but I have been wrestling with this message for a little while. And you know, when we've been talking about our identity, You know, one of the things that can happen when we begin to get weary and we begin to get tired, one of the first things that can go, not necessarily intentionally, but sometimes the first thing to go is our identity in Christ. Because, you know, we have a human identity as well as a Christ-like identity. We have lots of stuff, lots of stuff here on earth that makes up our identity. And sometimes those things get a little bit distracting and they can get overwhelming. And sometimes they could be the things that kind of deter us from living in our true Christ-like identity. When we get tired and when things get hustly and things get busy, it can be the thing that kind of can go by the wayside. And in a couple of weeks, we will move on from this campaign. But how many of us know that when we move on for a campaign, we cannot afford to move on from it in our lives? So I don't know about you, but I don't want to just be a tick box Christian. I want to be a Christian that lives every day of my life saturated in the presence of the identity of Christ. And so this message that I have for you today, I just want it to be like a 
seal over everything that has already been said so beautifully last week from Olivia and the last few weeks from Mike. Just a couple of things that I want us to make sure are cemented into our heart so that we are prepared to move out of this campaign but not move away from it in our life. Is that all right? So if you've got a Bible, you can turn with me. If you don't have a Bible, you can just listen. You can turn to Galatians 6, 9, which is going to set up. This is just a scripture that's going to set up the whole of these next few thoughts that I have with you in these next few moments. And it says this. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give Everybody say, give up. That's not what we want to do. The title I've got for you, and you can write this across your paper or across your tablet or across your heart, and the title is this, Never Give Up. Never Give Up. And I've just sensed that in my spirit over this past 18 months there's been more opportunity than ever to give up give up on so many things I don't know what it is for you but the Holy Spirit will know but I bet there's been times where the thought has crossed your mind that God I don't know if I can carry on I'm not sure that I can carry on walking the way you want me to walk sometimes we've even done it not even noticed we've been doing it but I want us to hold this in our heart when we move on to this campaign that we are going to be a church and I'm going to be a people that never give up. And I'm going to demonstrate some of these points that are going to help us to never give up through a story that is in the Bible in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel and it's in chapters 8 to 13. You don't have to turn there because I'm going to just rehash some of the highlight bits of this story but it's a man by the name of Saul. You might know him by King Saul, but before he was King Saul, he was Saul. And I just want to pull out some of the stuff that was happening in his life that are going to help me illustrate today how we are not going to give up on this race that we are in. Because you know, we're in a race. We are in a race. It's called life. We're in this race. And sometimes you can be moving and you can still be running, but some of you are just running around like a headless chicken. You're running around like shadow boxing the air, burning lots of energy up, getting really, really tired, but not really doing very much. And I want to say that's going to stop today. Amen? Okay, so let me tell you about this guy called Saul. Saul was just kind of an average guy. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. And we are introduced to Saul when his dad, Kish, I mean, we know him by his father first. His father, Kish, had sent him out to go and find some lost donkeys. So they weren't even his donkeys. There was his dad's donkeys and he went out to find them. And this is his story set up. And what happens, cutting a long story short, he can't find the donkeys. And so he begins to get a little bit weary and it starts to get to night and now he's starting to get distracted from his mission. He's like, you know what, I think we should just go home because I don't think people are going to be worried about the donkeys anymore. I think they're just going to be worried about us. So we should go home. And he comes to this point in his life where he comes to this little crossroads where he's like, shall I give up on the mission of finding the donkeys and just go home or shall I carry on? And I want to propose this point to you. Most of you know now how my sermons go. The average sermon will have a three-point message, and today is no other, so I've got three points for you. And the first point is this. Stop giving up 
at your crossroads. If we're going to be a people that never give up on our identity in Christ, we've got to stop giving up at our crossroads. And now Saul, you might think he's not really in a big dilemma. He's not really in a big crossroads. But right now, he's in the middle of something big. If he gives up on his mission right now, we don't know what might have come next. And sometimes we are so easily giving up on the little crossroads in our daily choices that we don't know what impact they are having. I'm talking about the daily looking for donkeys. Sometimes we just get tired out from looking for the remotes or looking for the keys and we end up giving up so easily on these daily choices and I want to encourage us to start getting intentional about our daily crossroad moments. You see, from the moment we wake up, we are faced with a choice, whether to stay in bed or whether to get out of bed. And then when we get out of bed, we've got a choice to make. Which side of the bed are we going to get out of that morning? And then when we're out of bed with our bed breath, we've got a choice whether we're going to bring life with that breath or whether we're going to tear down with that breath. We are faced with choice after choice after choice after choice throughout our day. And sometimes we are making decisions and making choices without even intentionally doing it, without even seeking the Lord about it. And so I wondered whether it crossed Saul's mind to go, hey God, shall I go home or shall I carry on? I wonder if we consult God on a regular basis about the little crossroad decisions and the little crossroad choices that we make in our daily life. You see, the daily decisions that we make will determine and will dictate the distance we're going to go in our destiny. I'm going to say that again. The daily decisions that we make, they will determine and they will dictate the daily distance that we're going to go. So you know when you're right over here and you see people giving up big stuff and they start breaking down, they start quitting when the pressure gets too much. I believe that it was somewhere down the line in the little crossroad choices where they got into a habit of giving up on the little stuff and giving up and giving up. And that's how you get to a point where you start quitting in life on the big stuff. I don't believe people just decide to quit on their faith. I don't believe people just decide that they're going to quit being Christ-like and quit out on their identity in Christ. I think that somewhere down there in the daily, daily life choices and decisions, they started to get into our habit of giving up on the little stuff of how we use our mouth and how we use our feet and how we use our actions and how we talk to the people we do life with and how we do our work and what we say on applications, whether we tell little fibs or big fibs. I think all of this stuff can build up and get us to a pressure point where that's where we begin to quit. And so I want to say to you today, stop giving up before you even got started. Stop giving up at the daily crossroads, the daily choices that we have to make and you see what happened with Saul he was in this moment and you know what do you do when especially when the choice doesn't seem like it's that big a deal Uh, it doesn't really matter if I see this person that day it doesn't really matter if I send that message it doesn't really matter if I watch this thing on tv it doesn't really matter how how do we know what God really wants for our life especially if it doesn't seem like it really matters I know this is the verse that I have at the end of my bed that I wake up to every morning. It's this. It says Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet 
and a light onto my path. You see, I am in a season of life where life is really hectic, and I'm sure it might be for you as well. I've got four people that are just there in the morning, 5am some mornings. I don't know what it's waiting for you at 5am in the mornings. But, you know, I know, and I've fallen short of this many times and gotten to a grump about it, that the Bible is sometimes not the first thing I roll over and open up to at the start of my day. It's become really difficult. And I would start to lose... And I know, like, my husband can tell, people around me can tell when I haven't been in the Word for a long time because it starts to dictate the choices that I make. It starts to dictate the crossroad choices that I make. And so what I've started to do is I've started to go through different ways of making sure the Word gets in me. So when I bring this um, verse up about, you know, reading His Word and being in His Word, I'm not just saying you to open your Bible, though it's really, really helpful that we do. But sometimes getting the word in you looks like putting a poster up at the end of your bed. That is the minute you wake up, you see the word coming in. It might mean making sure there's a worship CD or worship track on in your car when you go to work. It's making sure you're intentionally putting the word of God around your life so that when you are faced with these choices after choices after choices, you're getting healthy influences to help you with the little choices in your life. And that's how it gets on in me. So when you're wondering, God, which way do I go? Does it really matter if I go look for the donkeys or I don't? Does it really matter if I do this or I don't? Just seek the Lord. And in this moment, Saul had someone very helpful with him. It was his servant. And he said to him, hey, Saul, let's not go home. I've got a really good idea. Why don't we go and see the man of God? See, there was a prophet in town who went by the name of Samuel. And this is his book, Samuel, where we're finding out about Saul's life. So let's go find out what he thinks. Because you know what? He only speaks truth. I wonder how many times We'll go and hold on a minute. Let me just seek God about this decision. Let me just ask God. Let me, it might only take a few seconds. Let me just consult. Why don't we get into our habit of consulting with God and asking God? So we don't have to go to a man of God or a woman of God to find our answer. We can just consult with God and his word right there and then. Why don't we get into a daily habit of consulting with God and going, hey, God, you know the truth. You speak truth. What's the right choice for me to take on this next little turning in my day? And so they did. They went to see the man of God. And little did they know that earlier, Samuel the prophet had heard from God. And God had said to Samuel, there's going to be a man come to you at this time, the next day, and that man is going to be the man that you need to anoint as king. Oh my goodness me. How many times have we given up on the little crossroad choices and gone home and missed out on the anointing of a kingdom? And so he went to the prophet and he said, hey, you, we're going to go and worship. We're going to go and eat. And then tomorrow morning, I'm going to tell you why you are here. And by the way, see, this is amazing. You see, when, you know, the other word for donkey is ass. You know, sometimes when you get so fixated on the ass in your life and so fixated on that thing that you cannot find, that thing that's tiring you out, you can get so distracted from the anointing that is waiting to be placed on your life. And he said, and by the way, this is from the prophet, he said, by the way, those donkeys, they're already sorted. I've already taken care of them. They're already found at home. I wonder how many times would he go to the Lord and he'd be like, yeah, that thing that was distracting you from coming to me and seeking me, I've already taken care of it. So the donkeys were taken care of. They were gone home. And so I want to appeal to us. 
Where in our life and our daily choices have we got to go, hey God, I need some strength, I need some answers, I need some help with the next direction that I, I need to take? Because sometimes the choices can look like, and when, you know, can I just say as well, when I'm talking about giving up, never giving up, sometimes it's actually a healthy thing to give up some stuff. Sometimes it's actually a godly thing to give up some stuff. So when sometimes you're in a crossroads, you're like, well, should I carry on with that or should I commit to that? You need to ask God, what is the stuff that I need to give up on in my life? So in order to make sure that we never give up on our identity in Christ, sometimes other things around us, other stuff around us, other opinions around us, we've got to give up on. And that's the difference between our human identity and our Christ-like identity. The The stuff that builds up our identity and our humanity, that's always got to fold to make sure that we're never giving up on the Christ-like identity. Amen? Okay, number two. So never give up at the crossroads. And then number, uh, sorry, number one, never give up at the crossroads. You know, let me just say this before I move on as well. You know how you can tell that somebody has given up? Or you know when you can tell that you have given up at your crossroads? Sometimes you're just stuck. Sometimes you're just stagnant. Because when you don't know where to go and you've stopped speaking to God and it's gone dark and the lights have gone out, you just stay where you are. It was like last night, Mike and I were in the car on the journey back from a wedding and it had been raining all day yesterday, hadn't it? And we were out in the country somewhere and I was driving home. It wasn't the best choice, really. Because I just chat and I get distracted. And it was so, like, I've never in my life experienced so much poor sight when driving. It was terrible. Like, I was putting the big lights on, so I don't even know what they're called, the headlights on. It was, it was making it worse. It was like I was in a dream. I couldn't see anything. And then Mike was like, just put the fog lights on, put the fog lights on. And so I'm pressing buttons. And then suddenly I press a button and everything goes off. And I like slam my emergency brake on. And like in that moment, we're remembering, you know what, if you've got no lights on in your country lane, someone's about to smash into the back of you and they can't see you. And so there's panic. My legs have now got cramp and I can't like accelerate at all. But you know, sometimes it's like that. When you have given up at the crossroads, you are just stagnant. You're just still and you're just sitting in darkness. And I tell you today, it's time to rev up the engine again. It's time to get the word of God back in your eyeline again and to light up that way and to get you moving again. It's time to start moving again. You know, the second, the second way that you know that you've got stuck and you've given up at the crossroads, and I think this can be maybe the more potential dangerous way is when you don't know where you're going, you didn't know what turn to take at the crossroads, but you just carried on going anyway because of the pressure behind you. Have you ever done that? Where there is traffic building up and there's beeping going on and you're like, I don't know, but I'm going to have to carry on because I can't stop. You know what? That's a big danger. Because when you carry on, when you don't know where you're going, you don't know whether you've gone down the wrong path. Or you've gone down the path that was just easier. I mean, the Bible talks about, you know, the path being wide and the path to life is narrow. Sometimes you just take the easier way or the way that you're being influenced to go. And you're all right for a little while and the anointing you can still carry for a little while. And so everyone around you in church thinks that you know where you're going and you're still all right and you're still on your journey. But really, you don't know where you're going. And I tell you that it can be the most problematic 
And it doesn't last very long. It doesn't last very long till everyone around you starts going. You know when you notice someone on the journey in front of you who doesn't quite know where they're going, where they start to veer a little bit or they slow down a bit, a bit in a 60 mile per hour and you go, I don't think they know where they're going. That starts to happen to us. And it starts to become obvious. And then what we start doing is running on empty or we start still accelerating when our little petrol light has come on. Anyone this week? And that can be the one that doesn't look so obvious. It could be that you've been going for a few months and actually you'd given up a while back, but you carried on accelerating. And you've got a little bit lost, but I tell you, Jesus comes to you right now and he comes and goes, let me just re-navigate you. Just pause for a moment, let's pull over and he will always come with a hope and he will always come to redirect you and get you back on your path. Amen? Okay, now we'll move on to number two. Number two, never give up on what's already been conquered. So never give up at your crossroads, but stop giving up at what has already been conquered in your life. You see, we move on in Saul's story. He came the next day and it came to the point where he was going to be anointed as king. And so he didn't actually have to do anything to get that anointing. And you know you don't have to actually do anything to get the anointing from God. You don't earn your anointing. You don't earn what it is that he calls you to do. And so we have to start living in this culture of, you know what, I live in a spirit, I live in a faith where it's already been conquered. I didn't need to do anything. I didn't need to conquer anything. Yet for some reason... We walk around in our journey like there's still stuff to be conquered. And when it came to the point that Saul needed to be anointed, they couldn't find him. Why? Because he was hiding in the baggage. See, Saul was like, I don't know why me, because I am just from the tribe of Benjamin. If you know a bit about your Bible, you know the Benjamin's the youngest son. It's not meant to be the most affluent tribe, but yet this tribe has now been chosen. I'm just the son of Kish. I was looking for donkeys two seconds ago. Why me? And everyone around him started going, hold on a minute, why Saul? Well, if Saul can be a king, then anybody can be a king and I can be a king. Have you ever had that in your workplace? Why them? Why did they get that privilege? Why did they get that legger? Why did they get that ministry? Why, why did they get asked? And you know what starts to happen when you live a life that isn't being very conquerous? I don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> you start to let all these D words come in. And I'm going to reel off some D words to you. Doubt. Disappointment. Depression. Disease sometimes come at us. Death sometimes comes at us, knocks us out. And I tell you what, death has knocked some of you out in this past season. It's come by surprised. It's taken the lights out of you, literally, taken the breath out of you. And I just let me just pause here. You know when the scripture and the song sings about death, where is your sting? Let me just tell you something. That's not the Bible telling you that you ought not to feel any sting. That's rubbish. What the Bible, I believe, is actually doing is acknowledging that death sure does sting. And if you are feeling the pains of an experience of death in this season, if someone close to you died, if you've had a bad bill of health, 
Don't worry if it's hurting you. Don't feel like you are not godly. Don't feel like you're giving up on your identity in Christ if you feel the pain of that sting. But actually what I think the Bible is doing, it's saying, hey, death, where is your sting? It's saying it is painful, but let me locate the pain for you. What it's saying is that sting is not in your eternity. Anyone who is in Christ Jesus, that sting will not be in eternity where it once was. So it's not saying you shouldn't hurt. It's not saying it's not going to be painful. It's just saying, hey, death, it's not going to be in their destiny. So you can sting all you like, but that sting is going to have a time limit on it. So I want to tell you, if you're experiencing any of this stuff that is heavy, it is not your cue to bail out. It's not your cue to give up on your identity in Christ. Because I tell you, God has already conquered it. And if you keep on going, you are going to be okay in the end. And he will do this with you. There are so many things. Divorce, there's another D. Division is another D that comes at us and tries to distract us from our identity in Christ. The demonic, I went there. See, I believe in a God, I believe in angels, and so therefore I believe in an enemy, and I believe in demons, and this stuff, people of God, this stuff is very real, and we need to get on our guard, and we need to get out of the baggage, and we need to make sure that baggage doesn't start to get all over us and start to separate us and stop us and cause division from us and our anointing. See, he was in this corner with all this baggage around him. And they were like, where's Saul? And they needed to call him out. I don't know what it is that is stopping you. I don't know what it is that you feel like you need to conquer. But let me tell you something. Christ has already conquered it. You just need to come out of the baggage. Come out of the baggage corner and let him deal with it. And you keep on going. And by his Spirit, I promise you, he will give you the spread, he will give you the breath, and he will give you the strength to carry on going. You see, we do have an enemy. We do have an enemy, and his whole identity is wrapped up in distracting you from your identity in Christ. Why? Because he chose to give up. He bailed out. He went down and he took a whole host of angels with him. And his mission is to take as many people down with him as he can. It's like, I'm going down, you're coming down with me. And I said, not on my watch. Absolutely not. You see, his mission is to lie to you about your identity, is to make you doubt about your identity, is to cause you distraction around your identity, to steal from your identity and basically cause havoc and destruction around your identity. And in my Bible, it says in Romans 8.37, if you've got a Bible, flick to there right now. It will come up hopefully on your screen at home. Romans 8.37, verses 37 to 39. No. Everybody say no. No, no, no. Everybody say no. No. And at home, look, I know you like, I'm not going to participate across the screen. Yes, you are. Say no. No. Because you know what? Even at home where you are watching, 
You don't know what this is going to do in your household. I want you to shout no. Wherever you are, if you're cooking your Sunday dinner or whatever it is, as a fa- if you're as a family, shout no. Because we mean business today and we're not having any more of this messing about. We're not having any more of this enemy trying to conquer me and conquer my anointing and conquer my identity because it says no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, hello, Neither the present nor the future nor any power, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ our Lord. We are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. More than conquerors. And Liz, you can bring your team back to help me because I'm coming into land. But we are more than conquerors. You know, you're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. It says more than. I don't even know what the word is for that. And the Bible's like, I haven't even got a translation for that. So we'll just call it more than a conqueror. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. Jesus has already conquered it. So come out of the baggage. Come on, Saul. Come out and grab your anointing. And you know, Saul went on and he got his anointing and all his friends didn't like it. You know, sometimes your friends will not like it. You know, sometimes the closest people to you that should like it might not like it. Just God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Sometimes the enemy will use the most loving voices around you to be baggage on your life, to make you think that it's not already conquered. And I just say right now, don't have any of it now. Because in those moments, God set up a whole set of new people around Saul's life that were going to have his back and that were going to go after him. And then my third point is this, and this is my last one. So stop giving up at the crossroads. Stop giving up at what's already conquered. And stop giving up on the cause. I'm going to say really quickly, let you know what the cause is. The cause is the king. The cause is the king. See, sometimes we get so distracted with all these causes that we have here on earth. And there's this thing called calling that I sometimes have a problem with, and I will maybe talk about this a little bit more some other time. But you know, we're not just here for our callings. We're not just here for the anointings that we get given. We're not just here to do stuff for God. And you know, in and out of season, your callings may change. That's why we've got to make sure we're on our mark at the crossroads. Keep hearing God. Because sometimes He might want to change your route. Sometimes that thing that was once good, He now may want to change it. And sometimes a path that looked good once, it might not be God now. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want us to get so distracted with what God has called us to that we forget that we are first called to Him. Don't ever forget the one who first called us. Oh, but Lord, I'm so busy for you. I'm so busy in my calling. 
Hey, but I was the one that called you. And when we remember that the King is our cause, we don't give up. We just don't give up. And then we don't give up on the callings He's given us. And we don't give up on the causes He's given us because we are always in line with what He wants us to do. And we, we don't get deflated when He wants to move us on from something or take us down a different route we don't hang on to it and want to give up or when it goes wrong we're like you know what but the king's my cause so all this other stuff doesn't matter you know I'm getting ordained next week which they've mentioned in the news and you don't have to tune in it's a long service but you know I've been challenged recently because there's a lot of people that don't believe that I should be preaching and I should be a minister because I'm a woman not in this church. That's why I see some heads go in. But that's still a very relevant belief. And as much as one of my causes is women's ministry, ah, come on, like Braveheart. <laughs> you know, if the king came to me, this is not my conviction, it's not my husband's conviction, it's not my church's conviction and it's not my denomination's conviction but you know if the Lord came to me and said Becky I need you to lay it down I need you to lay the cause down I need you just to lay that thing down, even because he's the king and he doesn't need to explain himself, this is just where I've got to hopefully in my faith but because he's the king, even if he said to me Becky I need you to lay it down because you're a girl, he can do what he wants in my life because I'm not here for those causes. I'm here for the King. The King is my cause. And we need to make sure we remember that because our human identity is desperate to sometimes get in the way of our Christ-like identity. And I love the Bible because it uses so many human people and I can relate to that because I am so human. And Saul, I've used him today because it didn't actually end very well for him. He did start to give up. And I think he started to give up down the line. I think he stopped hearing God. I think he started to give up on his crossroads. I think he started to give up on what was conquered. He started to get scared. His men started to get scared when they were going into battle. And then I think he forgot that his cause was the king. And so I think he began to give up on it. And Saul did something that he shouldn't have done. He stepped out of his anointing. He stepped out of what God had asked him to do and he started to act like a prophet. And sometimes when you're reading it, you're like, that's not a big deal, but it was a big deal. He stepped into somebody else's shoes, not the shoes that God had asked him to wear. And it caused him his anointing. It caused him his crown. He had to lay down that stuff but he didn't actually give up those things he didn't give up those causes and so he started carrying on running around doing battles wearing a crown that he was not anointed for and it was tiresome even his son couldn't see the anointing wasn't on him and the Lord said to Saul I've taken my anointing from you because this has displeased me and now my anointing is for another man a man whose own heart is after my heart and you know, the reason that they had to get a king in the first place is because the people were moaning to the prophet saying, we want a king, we want a king. And Samuel was like, but 
God's our King. And the Lord was like, give them what they want because their heart is turning from me. I'm not their King anymore. And oh Lord, we pray that we as your children, as your people, we would forever remember that the cause is our King and that you are the King and that we wouldn't look anywhere else for anyone else or anything to fill those shoes. I ask that, Lord, we would keep you in your rightful place and therefore that we would stay on the path that you have set before us. In Jesus' name, we give you honour. And Lord, we actually ask you to forgive us for where we have not put you in your place, where things have distracted us. And I ask that, Lord, this would be a fresh day. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you just stand to your feet? And so what does it mean for us now? Because I want to be someone, when I look in the mirror, I want to see my God identity staring back at me. When we move on past this campaign, I want to be someone that's steadfast. I don't want to keep quitting. I don't want to give up. I want to have a Christ. I want to have a Christian living kind of life that says, we don't give up on our faith. And I want to end with this, and then we're going to sing this song. And this is something I came across in the Message Bible in Hebrews 2, verses 1 to 4. And I'll just read it to you and I think it will come up on the screen behind me. So what does all this mean? It means that we better get on with it. Strip down. That means, come on, strip down, not literally, please, but strip down from all of the other stuff, all of the other causes, all the other identities that we identify. We let them just take secondary place. Strip down and start running. Come on, church, today we're going to start running, not an aimless chicken head kind of run, but a powerful, spirit-driven run. And never quit. No extra spiritual facts. We don't need any of that. No parasitic sin. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish, and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. You know, you can put up with anything along the way, the cross, shame, whatever, and now he's there in the place of honour right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, highlight that in your head. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again. Item by item, that long litany of hostility he ploughed through that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. When you start to feel your faith flagging, when you start to feel like you're going to give up, then just go back. Just go back to Jesus. Just go back item by item to what he did and it will shoot adrenaline into your souls and give you another energy boost for the race that is ahead. That is what we are called to do, to keep going in our identity in Christ. And we're going to sing this song. I know who I am. I know who God says I am. I'm walking in power. I'm walking in miracles. I live a life of freedom. I know who I am. Are you ready? 
Amen. Come on, let's give God glory. Amen. Amen.